is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome to Wise Guys, These Guys Know Sports. Here live on this Monday, February the 20th. In the house with your boy Trey Larkins on the Wise Guys Sports Podcast. Everybody remember going to follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Come on in and set it away, folks. We got an action jam-packed show tonight. The NBA All-Star Weekend has surpassed us. We are heading into the second half of the NBA season. The NFL Super Bowl has come and gone. So I'm going to be talking a lot about the NBA in the second half of the season as we get closer to the postseason. Football season is officially over. And you know what? Yesterday, I woke up yesterday, and for the last four or five months since September, I've always had something to do on Sundays. Always. There's always been something to do on Sundays, and that's watching my NFL football. So yesterday, I was having withdrawals yesterday. I was having withdrawals yesterday, ladies and gentlemen, because up until September, we're not going to have any meaningful football. Now, of course, we have preseason football in August, but I don't give a damn about preseason football. Uh, and, 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 I, and I love those undrafted players who are trying to make the team. And I like to see the rookies get opportunities to play in the preseason. But I love my football in the regular season when it starts. So I was having some football withdrawals yesterday. And then last night, I watched the boring NBA All-Star game. I'm going to talk about that here in a bit. But the NBA All-Star game was a joke. It was a complete joke last night. Mike Malone, Denver Nuggets head coach, in the post-game press conference, he said it's the worst game he's ever been a part of. Couldn't agree with him more. Also on the show, I'm going to talk about should the Philadelphia Eagles pay Jalen Hurts top dollar money? Should they give him a, a, a big-time contract and make him their franchise quarterback for the for future seasons to come. Is Jalen Hurts the right quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles moving forward? Also, later on the show, is Patrick Mahomes going to surpass Tom Brady as the GOAT? Big-time conversation that's going on right now with Patrick Mahomes. Won his second Super Bowl. Got his second Super Bowl NFL MVP. Great, great start to Patrick Mahomes' career. I'm going to talk about that here in a bit as well and then also later on in the show i'm going to talk about the la chargers bringing in kellen moore as their new office of coordinator as well so that's another topic i'm gonna get into so i got a big time show tonight big time show tonight earlier in the day russell westbrook he signed with the la clippers so russ is now in la with Kawhi leonard with paul george so that's some other big time news I'm going to get into. But we begin in the NBA in Phoenix. As we all know by now, last week, the Phoenix Suns traded for Kevin Durant. Also a part of that trade was TJ Warren. The Brooklyn Nets, they received Michael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, four first-round picks. And a 2028 first round swap. So Kevin Durant is now in Phoenix. And when I look at the Phoenix Suns now after acquiring Kevin Durant, I believe acquiring a generational talent and one of the greatest NBA scorers of all time, I believe the Phoenix Suns are now the favorites in the Western Conference. Because I look at what the Phoenix Suns now add, bringing in a Kevin Durant, teaming up a Kevin Durant with Chris Paul, with Devin Booker, with DeAndre Ayton. I believe that that starting five for the Phoenix Suns might be the best starting five 
in the NBA. I, I, I really believe that. I believe that you're teaming up Kevin Durant with Devin Booker. Now, you look at Devin Booker this season. Devin Booker's averaging 27 points per game on 48% shooting from the floor, 36% shooting from three-point range. Now, he's missed a lot of games this year. Devin Booker has been dealing with nagging injuries this year, but he's starting to get more healthy, and we're getting into the second half of the season. And I believe that the Phoenix Suns, with Kevin Durant, with Devin Booker, that mid-range, it's, it's going to be crazy with Kevin Durant. It's going to be the mid-range for the Phoenix Suns. That's going to be the strength offensively for this basketball team, right? Now, you teaming up KD with Devin Booker. This year, despite him being injured over the last month and a half or so, Kevin Durant this year, he's averaging 30 points per game on 56% shooting from the floor, 38% shooting from three-point range. The Suns haven't had two 20-point scores on the same team since 2016. So, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, they're going to light it up offensively for the Phoenix Suns. And when you look at the Phoenix Suns this year, overall, this was right around the time where they made the trade for Kevin Durant. Now, these statistics could have changed. Now, it's going to improve. But this was the Phoenix Suns before the trade for Kevin Durant. They were averaging 113 points per game. That was ranked 21st in the NBA. They were averaging 44 rebounds per game. That was ranked 11th in the NBA. On 46% shooting, that was ranked 22nd in the NBA. And they were shooting 38% from three-point range. That was ranked 5th in the NBA. This year alone, Kevin Durant is shooting 60% from the floor, which is a career high for Kevin Durant. And that's the thing about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is an efficient scorer of the basketball. As great as Kobe Bryant was, as great as Michael Jordan was, as great as Carmelo Anthony was, I don't think there's ever been an efficient scorer like Kevin Durant. I mean, Kevin Durant literally could score 30 points on 12 shots. 30 points on 12 shots. That's how efficient Kevin Durant is. And you look at what Kevin Durant's been able to do team by team in his career. With Oklahoma City, Kevin Durant averaged 27 points per game. That was ranked first in team history. He goes to Golden State. He averages 26 points per game. That was the second highest points per game average in team history. He follows that up, goes to Brooklyn. He averages 29 points per game. That was ranked first in the Nets team history. So the Phoenix Suns adding a talent and a prolific score, the likes of a Kevin Durant, it instantly, instantly elevated the Phoenix Suns to being the favorites in the Western Conference. I can say coming into the season that the Phoenix Suns, they had to make a move. I, I felt like the team that they had prior to adding Kevin Durant, they had reached their peak. That year when they got to the NBA Finals and they lost to Giannis and Chris Middleton, I said, I don't see this Phoenix Suns team getting any better. Chris Paul's getting older. Devin Booker. He's a good scorer. He's young. You could build around Devin Booker. But Devin Booker, to me, is not as good as a John Morant. He's not as good as a Jason Tatum, but he's good. He's good. And, I, and DeAndre Aiden, we know he had issues with Monty Williams. Jay Crowder, before he got traded to the Brooklyn Nets, and he ultimately ended up signing with the, with the Milwaukee Bucks, before that, Jay Crowder hadn't even played this year. So I felt like the Phoenix Suns, they had – maxed out as a basketball team, and they had reached their peak. They had to make a move. And they're making this move, bringing in a Kevin Durant, definitely, definitely improved their chances at being title contenders in the Western Conference. Instantly. That's how great Kevin Durant is. Also, this is another thing that I love about 
the Phoenix Suns trading for uh, Kevin Durant. I look at Chris Paul. We know that Chris Paul is getting older, and he's getting up in age. I mean, right now, Chris Paul, 37 years of age. And over the last few years, I believe the biggest issue with Chris Paul has been as the season gets later and we start getting into May and June, for whatever reason, Chris Paul wears down. And he has these nagging injuries that he has to deal with. And on that Phoenix Suns team, prior to them bringing in Kevin Durant, Chris Paul was the second option on this Phoenix Suns basketball team. It was Devin Booker and it was Chris Paul. I believe at this stage of his career, at age 37, and he's going to turn 38, May 6th, I believe that you have to take off the load from a Chris Paul and take off that responsibility of Chris Paul having to be your top two scoring option. Chris Paul, at this point in his career, needs to be your facilitator and run the offense. He needs to be the quarterback of your offense. Chris Paul can no longer be a one or two option on a championship contender. That's not who Chris Paul is anymore. And that's also a part of the reason why I believe that Chris Paul has weared down the closer we get to the end of the season. Last year, they couldn't even get out of the first round because in game seven, Luka Doncic, Jalen Brunson, and the Dallas Mavericks blew the Phoenix Suns out by 50 in game seven. It seems like Chris Paul, time and time again, runs out of gas. Now that you bring in Kevin Durant, now Kevin Durant and Devin Booker can take on the responsibility of being your number one and number two option on your team. And Chris Paul can just play point guard and just worry about facilitating and getting DeAndre Ayton the basketball on the block, setting up Kevin Durant and Devin Booker for easier shots and running this offense. So I think that's another thing that bringing in a Kevin Durant is going to lighten up the load offensively for Chris Paul. Now, you're still going to need Chris Paul to perform now. You're going to need Chris Paul to perform at a high level. In the Western Conference alone, you're going to be going up against the likes of De'Aaron Fox, Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, Ja Morant, Jamal Murray, who's back to playing at an elite level. So you're, you're going to need Chris Paul to still play at a high level, but now he can pick his spots because Kevin Durant is now a part of this basketball team. Now, the one thing that the Phoenix Suns did lose trading for Kevin Durant, they lost some depth. I love Michael Bridges. I love Cam Johnson. So trading for, Chris, for, for Kevin Durant, they lost some debt. But you still got Bismack Biombo. You still got Torrey Craig off the bench. You still got Damian Lee as well. And you still got the, the, the quick point guard in Cameron Payne. We know how fast Cameron Payne is. So that's what's going to be important. In the NBA playoffs, you got to have stars. But you got to have some depth. You got to have depth. That's what the Clippers had a few years ago when they got to the Western Conference Finals when they lost to Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns. They had Kawhi, Paul George, Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson. They had depth on that Clippers basketball team. And I think that's what you need if you want to be a championship contender. Last year, the Celtics got to the finals. They had Jason Tatum. They had Jalen Brown. They had White off the bench. They had Marcus Smart. They had Al Horford. They had Robert Williams. Okay, they had Grant Williams. That Celtics team was deep. Same thing with the Warriors. They had Steph. They had Clay. They had Draymond. They had Looney. They had Jordan Poole and, 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 and guys like that who were able to contribute on their championship run. So that's what's going to be important for the Phoenix Suns. But when I look at the Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference, 
like right now, the Denver Nuggets are the number one seed in the Western Conference with a 41 and 18 record. The Suns are 32 and 28. I don't expect the Sacramento Kings. They are 32 and 25. They're the third seed right now in the West. I don't expect the Sacramento Kings to keep playing at the level they're playing at right now. Now, I love the job that Mike Brown is doing. Mike Brown is my coach of the year. The Sacramento Kings, right now, if the playoffs started today, the Sacramento Kings would be the third seed in the Western Conference, and they would have home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. I love what De'Aaron Fox is doing, Sabonis is doing out there for the Kings, and again, Mike Brown is doing a hell of a job. He's my coach of the year. But I expect the Phoenix Suns to overlap the Sacramento Kings down the stretch. I also expect the Clippers to overlap the Kings as well. The Grizzlies, they're the number two seed in the Western Conference. But in the first half of the season, I felt like the Grizzlies were inconsistent. Last 10 games before the All-Star break, the Grizzlies were four and six. They were inconsistent. So I look at the Suns as being the favorites right now. Dallas, they're the sixth seed. They got Kyrie, they got Luka, but defensively, Kyrie and Luka are liabilities. Now, offensively, we know they can score at a high level. Defensively, you can score against the Dallas Mavericks. Clippers still got Kawhi. They still got Paul George. They just brought in Russell Westbrook. I'm going to talk about that here in a bit. Nuggets, they got Jamal Murray. They got Nikola Jokic. So they're going to be in the mix as well. But I think with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and if he's interested and engaged, DeAndre Aiden is going to be an X factor for this Phoenix Suns basketball team as we get closer to the playoffs. Monty Williams, the head coach for the Phoenix Suns, during his career, Monty Williams, his career record is 322 wins, 299 losses. He's won 52% of his games as a head coach. I believe that he's not going to be on the hot seat this year if the Phoenix Suns don't make the NBA Finals. And they can't go out in the first round. They cannot go out in the first round with the Kevin Durant and the Devin Booker. But I believe that even if they get to the Western Conference Finals and they come up short against a Clippers team or a Nuggets team, I believe Monty Williams will be brought back next year and he'll be able to coach this basketball team moving forward. He's already had an NBA Finals appearance on his resume. So Monty Williams will definitely be back. Definitely be back. But I, I definitely like this pickup for the Phoenix Suns. And I think the Phoenix Suns are, are definitely the favorites in the Western Conference. I really, really do. But the West is stacked. It, it's stacked right now. It really, really is. But this is the Suns' potential lineup. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. Now, I don't know if they're going to start Torrey Craig or TJ Warren. That's up for debate. And DeAndre Ayton, that's their potential starting five in their, in their lineup. So Phoenix has is, is, is definitely made a power move that is going to shift the, the balance in the Western Conference. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H, also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys No Sports. Coming out of the break, I'm going to discuss the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts. I'll be right back. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. Here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody remember to go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter. At Wise Guys underscore H, also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys No Sports. Talk to the show, 513 203 8655. 513 203 8655 is the number to dial. Let's transition to Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Let's talk about Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. As in the immediate aftermath in his press conference, Eagles general manager Howie Roseman says a new contract for Hertz, quote, will be a priority for us. So 
it had me thinking about Jalen Hurts and whether or not the Eagles should invest in Jalen Hurts and give him top guaranteed dollar as their franchise quarterback moving forward. And the first thing I want to say is last year, Deshaun Watson, he was traded from Houston to Cleveland and Deshaun Watson agreed to a long-term contract with the Cleveland Browns, $230 million guaranteed for Deshaun Watson. Lamar Jackson, he missed the last five games this previous season and the season prior to last year, he missed the last five games as well. But Lamar Jackson has an NFL MVP on his resume. The reason why I bring up Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson is because if you're asking the question, does Jalen Hurts deserve a long-term guaranteed contract, the answer is absolutely. Yes, Jalen Hurts deserves a long-term contract as the Philadelphia Eagles starting quarterback, and let me explain why. Number one, the number one reason why I believe that Jalen Hurts is going to receive and get a long-term contract that's guaranteed is because Nicole Lynn, she is the agent who represents Jalen Hurts. She is the first black woman to represent an NFL quarterback in NFL history. So being that this is her first client, that's a quarterback, I believe that Nicole Lynn, when negotiating this contract with the Philadelphia Eagles, she's going to try to maximize what she can get from the Philadelphia Eagles for Jalen Hurts. Okay? Nicole Lynn, we got to keep our eye, eye on this. She is an amazing agent, and I'm, I'm glad Jalen Hurts chose her to represent him as his agent. And I think being that Jalen Hurts is her first quarterback and first client that she's representing, I think she's going to shoot for the stars when negotiating a contract for Jalen Hurts. She wants to be this. She got. She wants to get Jalen Hurts paid top dollar. So that's the number one reason why I feel like he's going to get paid top dollar. Number two, and this is all. This is really the most important as well. When it comes to talent, you may say that Josh Allen is better than Jalen Hurts. You may say that Justin Herbert is better than Jalen Hurts. You may even say that Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence is more talented than Jalen Hurts is. But what you cannot say is neither of those quarterbacks that I just named, none of them have displayed the leadership that Jalen Hurts has displayed so far in his young career. I believe that as a leader, you can make an argument that Jalen Hurts is one of the best leaders at the quarterback position in the NFL, period. And neither Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, or Deshaun Watson has led their respective teams to a Super Bowl berth. That's something that Jalen Hurts was able to do in his third year as a starter. And also this year, before his injury against the Bears in week 15, Jalen Hurts was in the MVP conversation. He was a top two candidate for league MVP honors neck and neck with Patrick Mahomes. And we saw the value of Jalen Hurts and it significantly increased once he got injured in week 15 because the Eagles, they went 0-2 in his absence. They lost in week 16 to the Cowboys. They lost in week 17 to the Saints. Saints weren't even a playoff team this year. So 
I said it while it was happening during the season when the Eagles lost to those two teams in the absence of a Jalen Hurts. I said Jalen Hurts' value has increased officially. It has increased. They went 12-1 and with Jalen Hurts as a starter this year, and they went 0-2 in the absence of Jalen Hurts. So that alone shows his value. Now let's look at him statistically since he's came into the NFL, shall we? He came into the NFL in 2020. And remember, it was Carson Wentz, I believe he was still in Philadelphia. So that year, he only had six touchdowns, four interceptions, 1,061 passing yards. 2021, he improved. And he led the Philadelphia Eagles to the postseason. 16 touchdowns, nine interceptions, 3,144 passing yards. This year was the best season of his career. He had 22 touchdowns, six interceptions, 3,701 passing yards. And as great as he is as a thrower of the football, because I thought he got better this year at throwing the football down the field effectively. I thought this year he was a better pocket passer in year three compared to what he was the first two years of his career. But this season, this past season, the man had 13 rushing touchdowns, 760 rushing yards on 165 rush attempts. As great as that Eagles running game was with Mal Sanders, with Boston Scott, with Gainwell, Jalen Hurts was a big part of the reason why the Philadelphia Eagles had a top five rushing attack in the NFL. And again, Deshaun Watson has not shown the leadership of a Jalen Hurts. Lamar Jackson, I love Lamar. Lamar won an NFL MVP already in his career. And I think the Baltimore Ravens should pay Lamar Jackson. But Lamar Jackson, he missed the last five games of the 2021 season and the last five games of the 2022 season. So durability is a question when it comes to Lamar Jackson. Jalen Hurts? We have no questions about Jalen Hurts and how good he is as a starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Make no mistake about it. The Philadelphia Eagles would not have been in the Super Bowl if it wasn't for Jalen Hurts. And I felt like in the Super Bowl, as great as Patrick Mahomes was, Jalen Hurts outplayed Patrick Mahomes. It was one of those cases. Remember in the 2000, I think it was the 2017 NBA Finals. It might have been 2018. The, Kevin Durant's first year with the Golden State Warriors. Remember LeBron James without Kyrie Irving. He led the Cleveland Cavaliers to the NBA Finals. And even though Kevin Durant won Finals MVP and the Warriors dismantled the Cavs, there were people talking about Maybe LeBron should have won finals MVP. Seriously. There are people saying maybe LeBron should have won finals MVP. I felt that way watching the Super Bowl this year. Jalen Hurts was sensational in a Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl, Jalen Hurts, he goes 27 of 38, 304 passing yards, one passing touchdown, but he ran the ball great in the Super Bowl. 15 carries, only 70 rushing yards but three rushing touchdowns, averaging 4.7 yards per rush. If the Eagles would have won the Super Bowl, it was no doubt who was going to win NFL MVP for the Super Bowl this year. It would have been Jalen Hurts. Patrick Mahomes was efficient in the Super Bowl, but I believe in totality, Jalen Hurts outplayed Patrick Mahomes. If it wasn't for the fumble in the first half, Jalen Hurts would have had a perfect game. Would have had a perfect game. So I think Jalen Hurts is worth it. I believe he has shown an ability to be a leader of men. And if I'm Howie Roseman, the general manager for the Eagles, and I'm Jeffrey Lurie, the owner for the Philadelphia Eagles, I am paying Jalen Hurts 
at minimal, minimal $200 million guaranteed. At minimal. And that's less than Deshaun Watson. But that's the starting point if I'm the Philadelphia Eagles and if I'm Jalen Hurts. So I definitely believe that he's worth every dollar that the Philadelphia Eagles can offer him. And I think he is a franchise quarterback moving forward. Now, the one thing that he's going to have to do next year is he's going to have to produce because they're going to lose some guys. And don't forget, their previous offensive coordinator, Shane Striking, he now is the head coach in Indy. He, he was the previous offensive coordinator, Shane Striking. He's now the, the, the head coach in Indianapolis. So he doesn't have his previous offensive coordinator. His defensive coordinator in John Gannon also, he left for the Arizona Cardinals head coaching job as well. And these are some notable free agents for the Philadelphia Eagles this offseason. Defensively, Javon Hargrove, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, James Bradbury, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, his center, Jason Kelsey. He may retire. Mal Sanders, T.J. Edwards at linebacker. So Jalen Hurts, he's in the final year of his rookie contract. But next year, he may have more of a responsibility to produce for this Philadelphia Eagles football team to contend in the NFC East. You know, that's the thing. When you have a young quarterback, you want to try to win the Super Bowl in that window while they're playing on their rookie contract because you'll be able to pay other guys and, you, you, you know, kind of like make your young quarterback have to wait to get his big-time contract because usually once your quarterback gets paid, you lose key contributors on your football team. So next year, Jalen Hurts is going to have more responsibility to produce offensively at the quarterback position for the Philadelphia Eagles to be successful. But I definitely believe that he is definitely more than capable at being able to do that. So I'm definitely going to pay him top dollar. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys at Instagram at These Guys No Sports. Coming out the break, I'm going to discuss Derek Carr and him being a free agent and where I believe he's going to land. I'll be right back. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. Here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody remember to go follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Call to the show, 513-203-8655. 513-203-8655. That is the number to dial if you want to chat with your boy Trey Larkins of the Wise Guy Sports Show. Come to the show. We can definitely, definitely discuss all the latest sports topics. NBA All-Star Weekend has came and gone. You want to talk about the NBA All-Star Game? Were you entertained? I wasn't. But also, what's your expectations for the second half of the NBA season? Who do you believe is going to win the Larry O'Brien Trophy by season's end? Let's transition to... The NFL, let's talk about Derek Carr. As last week, the Raiders, they officially released Derek Carr. And this was their quote on Derek Carr when they released him. Their, their statement, they said, the Raiders, quote, we have a lot of respect for Derek Carr and what he has meant to the Raiders organization for the last nine years. Derek has done great things in this league. And we're thankful to have been able to work with him this past year. He is a true professional, and we appreciate his hard work and striving to produce the results we all desire. We wish Derek and his family all the best in the future. That was Josh McDaniels and Dave Zagler for the Las Vegas Raiders. They officially released Derek Carr last week. And Derek Carr got benched by the Raiders 
after a week 16 loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So when I look at Derek Carr as a quarterback in the National Football League, I believe that Derek Carr is fringe top 10 in the NFL. Now, I'm going to give my quarterbacks and, you know, where I believe Derek Carr ranks. I don't think Derek Carr is on the level of a Mahomes, a, a Trevor Lawrence, a Jalen Hurts, a Lamar Jackson, a Josh Allen, or a Joe Burrow. But I do believe that Derek Carr is in the same stratosphere as a Kirk Cousins, as a Dak Prescott at his best. You look at what Derek Carr was able to do in Las Vegas as the starting quarterback for the Raiders. Derek Carr, he went 63-79 and 79 as a starter, played in 142 games. He had 217 touchdown passes, 99 interceptions, 35,222 passing yards, completing 65% of his passes. He had one playoff appearance. That was not this year, but the year prior, where the Raiders, they lost to the Bengals down at Paul Brown Stadium. But I always felt like Derek Carr was a quarterback who you can win with. And I look at one of the teams that I felt like if Derek Carr was their quarterback, I believe this particular team over the last three years would have won a Super Bowl. That team is the San Francisco 49ers. I believe that Derek Carr is significantly better than Jimmy Garoppolo is. And I believe that that pass that Jimmy G missed in the Super Bowl, that pass that he threw where he missed Sanders, that would have been a touchdown. I believe Derek Carr makes that throw and the 49ers would have held off Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs and would have won the Super Bowl. I believe that Derek Carr is a quarterback who you can win with. I believe that he is a quarterback that you have to have pieces around him for him to be successful. He cannot carry a franchise like some of the top-tier quarterbacks can. But I do believe that he, if he has the right pieces around him, I believe Derek Carr can definitely, definitely lead your team to the postseason, and your team can make some noise. Now, this past year, he, he took a step back compared to 2021. In 2021, Derek Carr was 10-7. and seven. He had 23 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, completing 68% of his passes, averaged 283 passing yards per game. This past season, his statistics dropped. He went 6-9 as a starter. He had 24 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, 235 passing yards per game. He completed 61% of his passes this year. So he definitely, definitely took a step back in 2022 compared to what he did in 2021. But also, we got to be fair, that Raiders defense was pathetic. That Raiders defense was pathetic. So I, I, I blame Derek Carr for the struggles that the Las Vegas Raiders had last year. I give him some of that blame, maybe 40, maybe 50% of the blame. But I'm not going to place all the blame on the shoulders of Derek Carr. I believe defensively the Raiders were one of the worst defensive teams in the NFL. So he had to score 30 to win games. And since Derek Carr has come into the NFL, the Raiders, statistically, go look it up. They've been one of the worst defenses in the NFL. One of the worst. One of the worst. And like I said, you look at total QBR over the last four seasons. Derek Carr has been top 15 in total QBR. In 2019, his QBR was 64. That was ranked 10th in the NFL. In 2020, his QBR was ranked 64. That was ranked 11th in the NFL. In 2021, his QBR was 58. That was ranked 14th in the NFL. And last year, in a down year for Derek Carr, his QBR was ranked was 56, and that was ranked 13th 
in the NFL. He's one of three quarterbacks to rank top 15 in each season in QBR. Only other two was Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott. So I definitely believe that you can win with Derek Carr. And when I look at teams who are trying to bring on Derek Carr, everyone's talking about the New York Jets. I don't think the New York Jets would be a good fit for Derek Carr. Because I believe that the New York Jets should go young at quarterback. I, I don't think that those quarterbacks on their roster, Wilson, Mike White, I don't think that they're the answer for the Jets moving forward. I think the Jets need to try and draft a young quarterback who they can build their team around. Now, I'm going to give you two teams who I believe are better fits for Derek Carr. Let's start off with the Miami Dolphins. I believe that if Miami doesn't feel secure with Tua moving forward as their starting quarterback, I believe a great replacement and there won't be a significant drop-off would be Derek Carr. I love the idea of Derek Carr down there in South Beach with Tyreek Hill, with Jalen Waddle, with Mike McDaniel as their head coach calling plays. I like that. I really, really do. Now, the other team who I believe would be a good fit for Derek Carr, because there's two teams in the NFC South that people are talking about. One of those teams is the New Orleans Saints. Now, Derek Carr reportedly already met with the New Orleans Saints, and he's a free agent, so he can sign wherever he wants. But I look at the New Orleans Saints, their receiving core. You got Chris Olave. You got Jarvis Landry next season. Marquez, Callaway, Michael Thomas, who's supposed to be their best receiver on their team. Michael Thomas hasn't had a good season since Drew Brees played in the NFL. That's the last time we saw Michael Thomas actually be engaged and want to be a productive NFL receiver. We haven't seen Michael Thomas produce since 2019. And again, in 2019, Michael Thomas was sensational. I believe Michael Thomas has the talent to be a top-tier receiver in the NFL. But I don't believe that Michael Thomas has been engaged or interested since Drew Brees retired. So I believe that a better situation for Derek Carr is with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He would be the best quarterback in the division in the NFC South. He'll get an opportunity to play with Mike Evans and with Chris Godwin as well. And I believe that receiving core is a more stable receiving core than the New Orleans Saints are. So I like Derek Carr with either the Dolphins or the Buccaneers. I think those are two teams that are more of a fit than the New York Jets are. But I think that this is Derek Carr's last opportunity to be a starter in the NFL. And I think you want to go to a team that if you insert Derek Carr as a starting quarterback, that the team feels like, okay, we have an opportunity to compete for a Super Bowl. Derek Carr doesn't need to be on a team that's developing. He doesn't need to be on a team like the Carolina. I heard Darren Arlowski on ESPN. I love Darren Arlowski. He does a great job for ESPN. One of the teams that he said that should consider Derek Carr is the Carolina Panthers. I don't believe the Carolina Panthers are one piece away from being a Super Bowl contender. I, I don't believe that. So I believe that Derek Carr, a better fit, is a team that already made the playoffs this past season, and that's the Buccaneers and the Dolphins. I believe if you're a Bucs fan, you go from Tom Brady to Derek Carr, uh, that, that's, that, that's, that's not that bad of a drop-off. I mean, we know, it, we know that Tom Brady is, is, was still playing at a high level this, this past year. He's still playing at a high level at 45. But I believe that Derek Carr would be a better option than any of those Bucks quarterbacks that they currently have on their roster. The quarterback that's right now is going to be this day one starter for the Buccaneers is Kyle Trask or Blaine Gabbert. Derek Carr is better than both Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbert. So those are my two teams that I think that should be on the phone with Derek Carr and try to bring him to their respective football teams so they can compete this upcoming season for a playoff spot and possibly can go on a deep playoff run.
Seriously, like the NFC South is a, the weakest division in the NFL. If he goes to the Buccaneers, he's going to be the best quarterback in the division. Going to be the best quarterback in the division. And I like him with the Miami Dolphins as well, with Tyreek Hill and with Jalen Waddle. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Let me sure to follow Wise Guys at Instagram at These Guys No Sports. I'll be right back. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. Here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody remember go follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Let me sure to follow Wise Guys at Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. The number to dial 513-203-8655. 513-203 is the number to dial. Any particular topic that you want to discuss on the show tonight we can talk about it call to the show and talk to me about it man what's your expectations for the second half of the nba season who you got winning the nba championship this year in the eastern conference or the western conference who's going to be the conference finals teams and who's going to represent each conference in the nba finals call in give me your pick for that let's transition to the nba and let's talk about the NBA All-Star Game. The NBA All-Star Game was last night in Salt Lake City. This is actually my question of the night for the show. I'm going to Wise Guys Twitter page and vote. Did you enjoy the NBA All-Star Game? 25% says no. I'm sorry. 25% says yes. 75% says no. So most people did not enjoy the NBA All-Star game. Team Giannis beat Team LeBron 184 to 175. And for Team Giannis, this was Giannis's first time beating LeBron in the NBA All-Star game. Team LeBron beat Giannis in the first two years of this this, this experiment now where they pick these teams and so forth. And Jason Tatum, he had 55 points on 22 of 31 shooting, shot 10 of 18 from three-point range, 10 rebounds, six assists. He was named the All-Star Game MVP. And Denver Nuggets head coach Michael Malone, he has some interesting comments after the game. Take a listen. Oh, it's an honor to be here. It's an honor to be a part of a, a great weekend, great players. But that is the worst basketball game ever played. How do you fix it? Uh, I don't know if you can fix it. That was Denver Nuggets head coach Michael Malone in the immediate aftermath of the NBA All-Star weekend. So, when you asked the question, did you enjoy the All-Star game? My emphatic answer is a no. And one of the reasons why I believe the NBA All-Star game has been bad and was definitely bad this year is because I believe that in the media, and I'm a part of this, I, 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 I'm in the media, so I have to also get some of this blame. I believe the media and fans, we have made it to where players only prioritize winning NBA championships. In the NBA, players look at it like, why would I play on a back-to-back? -back? Why would I even care about an all-star game when you're only going to judge me for how I perform in the postseason? You switch to the NFL. NFL players don't care about the NFL Pro Bowl. Now, the NFL is different than the NBA because the NFL is a physical sport. So you're more likely to get injured in the NFL 
compared to in the NBA. NBA, you can play, pick up basketball at the YMCA, at camps for kids, and NBA players won't get injured. So I, I definitely understand why the NFL players could care less about the NFL Pro Bowl. But even in the NFL, we don't care about what players do in a regular season, especially when it comes to quarterbacks. I'm going to say, with quarterbacks specifically, we care about what quarterbacks do in the postseason. That's what they're judged on. How do you perform in the playoffs? Now, I do believe that in the NFL, there's more of a of a significance and importance in the regular season compared to the NBA. I think in the NBA, these players, they plan back-to-backs. You know, it's 82 games. I think that in the NBA, guys just kind of be like, man, I really could care less about the regular season. I feel like guys, that's why you see teams who aren't very good in the NBA, especially this year, it's teams who aren't very good. They're competing with the top teams in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. It's nice where I see the Celtics. I see the Nuggets. They're struggling with subpar or below average basketball teams. And I think in the NBA, when when guys get hot, in the way the way the three-point shot is significant now in the NBA, when guys get hot, team on the, players on the other team, they feel like he hot, he hitting shots. We got 82 of these games and we gotta we gotta get through all these games and get to the playoffs. So if a guy's hot and he hitting shots, I don't think players have that much of an emphasis to try to slow down that opposing team's player who's shooting at a high level. You can shoot your way to a win. Let a player get hot in the first or second quarter of a basketball game, and his team goes up 10 or 15 points. The team, even if they are better than the team with the hot shooter, they may lose that game because they got 82 of these games. NFL, you only got you got 17. So all these games are important to you being able to make the playoffs in the NFL. But again, when it comes to why the NBA All-Star Game and the NFL Pro Bowl both are boring and not as entertaining, I believe the biggest reason why is because we have put a significant emphasis on how you finish. How do you perform in the playoffs? So players, they don't give a damn about the NBA All-Star game. Players, they don't give a damn about playing on the second night of a back-to-back. They could care less about that because us as fans and in the media, we have prioritized and judged these players on how they finish at the end of the season and how they perform in the playoffs. That's the main reason why. I believe that's the biggest reason why we see the All-Star game not being entertaining and it being pretty much a layup line. 94% of the points that were scored last night were scored on dunks, layups, or three-point shots. So players are not D'ing up. And then, again, now it's a perimeter. It's a shooting lead. So last night we saw in the third quarter, Jason Tatum and Damian Lillard, they got hot and Tatum hit 10 of 18 from three-point range. So I agree with Michael Malone about the All-Star game being the worst basketball game ever played last night. I literally was watching the game thinking like, what the hell was going on? I remember back in the day where Jordan and Kobe Allen Iverson, Shaq, they were competing in the NBA All-Star game, at least in the fourth quarter. In the first three quarters of the game, it would, it would be a pickup game. Not much defense was being played. But in the fourth quarter, they would buckle down, and I love seeing it. I love seeing it. Like, And then you saw last night there was a, a moment where Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they got a chance to play one-on-one, but it wasn't really – they weren't taking it serious. They were just out there going through the motions. Going through the motion. So uh, I don't know what the answer is for Adam Silver in the NBA to make the NBA All-Star game better because I think it's just way too many games 
in the NBA season. We better get into the second half of the season and players are going to play in more games and, you know, they're trying to position themselves for seeding. So players are not going to sit out and low manage in the second half of the season as much as they did in the first half of the season. But that's the biggest reason why I believe the NBA All-Star game has struggled. The slam dunk contest was terrible. I, I, I know my guy, the, the one, I can't even think of his name. The one guy won the slam dunk contest, but it was terrible. I, I wasn't really entertained. I, I don't even care about the slam dunk contest anymore. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just bad, man. It's, it's pathetic. Mike McClung, he won the NBA slam dunk competition this year. But I wasn't entertained. And I remember back in the day, the NBA slam dunk competition was about the stars. That's what it was about. Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, Dominique Wilkins, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul. The NBA stars participated in the slam dunk competition. We don't see that anymore. That's not the case anymore. And I hate the fact that LeBron James has never participated in a slam dunk competition. As great as LeBron James is, and we know he is great, four-time NBA champion, four-time NBA Finals MVP, four-time regular season NBA MVP, and a great, great ambassador for the NBA on and off the floor. The one knock I have against LeBron is him never participating in the slam dunk competition. Never. Not one time. I just wish LeBron would have did it one time. Just one time. I want to see LeBron in the slam dunk competition. And I believe that if LeBron participates in the slam dunk competition, I believe there are other stars who would have followed LeBron James's lead and participated in the slam dunk competition. But the NBA All-Star Weekend used to be about stars. And now it'd it, it be players who win the slam dunk contest, who you don't even know anything about. You don't even know who these guys are. So that's my thoughts on NBA All-Star Weekend. Shout out to Jason Tatum, though, winning NBA All-Star Game MVP. I hope he can win another trophy at the end of the season. That's NBA Finals MVP, perhaps. But he had, he had a great performance in the All-Star Game, for, for sure. And shout out to Damian Lillard as well. He won a three-point shooting contest. Two of my favorite players in the NBA. Everybody, go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys at Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. I'll be right back. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. Here live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody remember go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Let me show you follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Call to the show, 513-203-8655. 513-203-8655 is the number to dial. Let's transition back to the NFL. And let's get into a topic I haven't had a chance to dive into yet. And that is the Super Bowl performance from Patrick Mahomes. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Eagles 38-35 to last week in the Super Bowl. In that game, Mahomes, he went 21 of 27, 182 passing yards, three passing touchdowns. He won his second NFL Super Bowl MVP. And the Chiefs balled out in that game in the second half, outscoring the Eagles 24 to 11. And so this is something I haven't had a chance to get into. And I had to come on here and talk about it because I, I, I got to say this. Patrick Mahomes is sensational. Patrick Mahomes has the best win percentage in NFL history 
when trailing by 10 points or more. This is since 1950 and a minimal of 20 starts. Tom Brady, he wins 38% of his games when trailing by 10 points or more. Joe Montana wins 37% of his games when trailing by 10 points or more. Patrick Mahomes wins 58% of his games when trailing by 10 points or more. And in the Super Bowl, it was crazy because I felt like in the first half, the Eagles outplayed the Chiefs. At the half, the Eagles were beating the Chiefs 24-14. to 14. And if it wasn't for Jalen Hurts' fumble, the score would have been 24-17. to 17. I mean, I'm sorry, 24-7 to 7 at the half. The Eagles significantly outplayed the Kansas City Chiefs in the first half. And you go into the halftime break. Rihanna comes out. She performs. It's a long, extended halftime. And the Eagles are dominating the football game. And Andy Reid was frustrated on the sideline in the first half. The Chiefs, they weren't able to get much going offensively. And Patrick Mahomes comes out. And on the first possession, on the first possession, he drives the Kansas City Chiefs down the field and they score a touchdown. And here we go. Here we go. And remember, Patrick Mahomes got injured and re-aggravated that ankle injury in the first half. He re-aggravated his ankle in the first half. And these were his numbers. This was before the ankle injury. Mahomes, he went 8 of 13 passing, 89 passing yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Passer rating was 107.5. He had 11 rushing yards. This was before his ankle injury. After his ankle injury, he was nearly perfect. 13 of 14 passing, 93 passing yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, quarterback rating. 133.9. He had 33 rushing yards. Patrick Mahomes was sensational in the second half of the Super Bowl. Him single-handedly helped the Chiefs win another Super Bowl for their franchise. Patrick Mahomes by himself. He was great in the second half. And I'm watching the game and I'm thinking like, here we go again. How many times have we seen Mahomes bring back the Chiefs in a playoff game? It happened against the Houston Texans a few years ago. They were down 24, and Patrick Mahomes brought the Chiefs back. Remember, they were down 17-7, I believe, against the Tennessee Titans, and he brought them back in that game, his first Super Bowl, going into the fourth quarter of that game. The 49ers were beating the Chiefs 20-10, to 10, and Patrick Mahomes was having a subpar performance in the Super Bowl, not playing up to his standards. All he did in the fourth quarter of that game was outscore the 49ers 21-0 to zero in the fourth quarter. And that's how great Patrick Mahomes is. Even when you have him down on the scoreboard, he's able to overcome the obstacles and he's able to bring back the Kansas City Chiefs. By winning the Super Bowl and winning his second NFL MVP in the Super Bowl, he became the fourth starting quarterback in NFL history to have two Super Bowls and two Super Bowl NFL MVPs. Only Peyton Manning, Joe Montana, and Tom Brady has been able to do that in their careers. And it took... Peyton Manning, 18 seasons to reach this mark. It took Joe Montana, 12 seasons to reach this mark. It took Tom Brady, 11 seasons to reach this mark. It's taken Patrick Mahomes, six seasons to reach this mark. And I think that this year, it it seriously was a season to remember for Patrick Mahomes. He won the regular season MVP. He won Super Bowl MVP. He led the NFL in passing yards this year. Led the NFL in passing touchdowns. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. And the trajectory of his career is leading towards being 
the greatest of all time. Now, he has a long way to go. We know Tom Brady won seven Super Bowls in his career. But make no mistake about it, Patrick Mahomes is well on his way. This is both quarterbacks at the age of 27. Take a listen to this before I get out of here. Mahomes has two MVPs at 27. Tom Brady had none. Patrick Mahomes has five Pro Bowl appearances. Tom Brady has two Pro Bowl appearances. This is all at the age of 27. Mahomes has two first-team All-Pro selections. Tom Brady had zero. Mahomes had two Super Bowls. Brady had three. Got, Brady got the edge in that. But they both had two Super Bowl MVPs. This is their regular season records at age 27. Patrick Mahomes, 64 and 16. Brady was 48 and 14. Mahomes, 192 passing touchdowns in the regular season, 97 passing touchdowns for Brady. And Mahomes has 24,241 passing yards in the regular season. Tom Brady had 13,925. So everywhere you look, Mahomes has surpassed even the great Tom Brady at age 27, and he's well on his way. I'm going to get more into that on Friday as well about Patrick Mahomes. So this is going to be an ongoing conversation moving forward. But Mahomes did his thing in the Super Bowl, and he won Super Bowl MVP. The man got two Super Bowls on his resume, two Super Bowl MVPs, five Pro Bowls in five seasons as a starter. I can't say enough about how great Patrick Mahomes is. And he's the reason why the Kansas City Chiefs were able to overcome a 24-14 to 14 deficit at the half. So shout out to Patrick Mahomes. I'll talk more about him on Friday. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. I'm Trey Larkin signing out the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody enjoy your Monday night. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.